So we're going to talk our top five summer movies. So Brian, I, I take it you prepared a list? Yep, I'm ready. So, Brian, when I introduced this top five, I left it a little bit open-ended. I didn't want to tell you what a summer movie was. I wanted you to kind of come up with some criteria of a movie that felt like a summer movie to you. So did you have any criteria or themes or anything you were looking for when you defined what a summer movie was to you? So I made this with a pretty quick pass. Uh, but what I looked into is, does the film take place during the summer? And in, in all cases, yes. Um, I would say the the top two are the ones that are really, truly locked in. Uh, but I think all five are strong selections. Uh, all definitely summer-themed films. Summer-set films. Gotcha. What about you? So... I had a hard time with this list really coming up with a five because I didn't know exactly what summer movie meant to me. And so the more I thought about it, I came up with a definition that really clarified for me. I don't know if it's the only definition for summer movie, but here was my definition is it needed to take place in the summer or in a setting that could easily be mistaken for summer, by which I mean like something kind of tropical where you would think of it as summery. I only say that because one of mine, I actually don't know what time of year it's supposed to take place in, but it definitely feels like it is taking place during the summer. Um, and the second thing is, and this really helped narrow it down for me some too, is I wanted to, this is the phrase I used in my head, I wanted to feel the sweat in the movie. I wanted to, it to actually like have a sense of heat and summer being like a core component of the flavor of the movie that actually eliminated some movies that might otherwise have been shoe-ins. The last kind of caveat is, did I want to include last day of school movies? Is that a summer movie? Because I had four potential candidates for this list that could have been on the list had I said yes any last day of school movie is a summer movie I decided that it needed to really feel like a summer movie beyond and outside of its last day of schoolness just being a last day of school movie didn't make it a summer movie even if it led into the summer it had to also feel like a summer movie which wiped out three of the four for me. right and i was thinking of a few at the other end like back to school movies do those count and i i basically settled on no okay but uh like greece with summer love and i was definitely thinking about that one because it it felt apropos for this discussion of the film yeah that's a good call that crossed my mind too so should i begin sure why don't you do why don't you give us your number five brian okay so at number five, I have Stand By Me, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King story about a group of preteen boys heading out on a hike to find the body of a kid who got hit by a train. It's like a coming of age story. They're bonding on their camping trip, but also there's this weird, gory, dark element. 
Right. My brother got me into this one when he was going on his quest to watch all the coming-of-age films on Wikipedia. And um, I like it. I mean, it's a period movie. It takes place in, like, the 50s. Kind of like It, where you got this group of 50s boys, uh, but there's no scary clown. Depending on whether you love or hate scary clowns, it may color how much you like Stand By Me. <laughs> because there isn't one. This one's a major hole in movies I've seen because I, I, there's every indication that I would like this movie. I just haven't seen it. I really got to get around to watching this one because that's been on my to watch list for a while. I think I thought it was a horror movie or a supernatural movie for a long time. Mm -hmm. It definitely does not feel like what you might expect from a Stephen King story. Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to see that one. For my number five, shout out to both Beach Party and Teen Beach Movie. I, I just scratched Beach Party as my number five at the end because I thought of this. And like right before we were starting to record, I was like, oh, that's got to be on there. So maybe this one should be higher. I, I just have it at number five because I rewatched it recently and was slightly more down on it than I expected to be. I still like it a lot, but it didn't sweep me away the, the way I quite expected. And that is The Sandlot. So this is very summary. It's about a bunch of boys playing baseball and getting chased by a slobbery dog all summer. And there's a little more going on than that. I actually kind of like the structure. It's basically got a bunch of really short snippets, like little vignettes that make up maybe, I don't know, between half and two thirds of the movies of just like these boys living during the summer, doing going to the pool, going to theme parks, playing baseball. And then you get this one extended bit at the end that is kind of a payoff on all of those little vignettes. That's the rest of the movie where you get everything that had been built up in all of those kind of feeding out into one larger story. Um, that's basically a ball hit over the fence with the scary dog and the dog chases after them. But this baseball has a lot of significance because it happens to be signed by Babe Ruth and all the little stories we'd seen had been kind of feeding into this. So it's a really satisfying movie. And man, it's just feels like summer just feels like you're hanging out in the sun and sweating and i don't know a very nostalgic movie um so i have the sandlot at number five yeah wow that's your number five i'm excited to see what comes next brian what do you have at number four okay at number four i have slotted in moonrise kingdom by wes anderson this is one that i, I had a friend who like showed me the trailer my senior year in college and she was saying, oh, I'm so excited to see this movie. And I, I don't even think I'd heard of Wes Anderson at this point. But because she was hyped about this movie, I was hyped about this movie. And so I went and tracked it down. I think I had to go into D.C. to find like an art house theater that was showing it because it was right at the start of its run. I think eventually it did get a wider release. But I ended up liking it a lot. It's about these two 12-year-olds who run off together to go like camping in a tent in this little cove on the beach. They live on an island in New England, and it's in the summer. One of my favorite things about it is the boy is a Boy Scout. Well, they don't say Boy Scouts, they say Khaki Scouts. But I think this is one of the better films about Boy Scouts. Uh, there's a scout troop leader played by Edward Norton, who I thought was very funny and dedicated to his work. He's a pretty wholesome scout master. And there's a, there's a lot of talented stars in the cast bill murray is here bruce willis is here francis mcdormand harvey keitel it just goes on and on and kids stars who debuted in the film are good too so i actually had this one penciled in at number four or number five at one point 
And I, I just couldn't in good conscience include it because I've only seen it once a long time ago, like in 2013 or something, or whenever year it came out. And I just couldn't remember enough about it to put it there. But I loved this movie when I saw it, and I remember it feeling very summery. So I think that's an excellent pick. What's your number four? My number four is the movie where you most feel, as I said, the sweat, where you just feel the heat hopping off the screen. And that is Do the Right Thing, um, the Spike Lee joint. The reason that this is on this list is because it is one of the greatest movies of all time. The reason it's not at number one or number two is because it's a little too heavy for a summer movie, because that's another component I didn't mention when I was ranking is a summer movie to me needs to be fun. It needs to be lightish. And this movie is about racism and riots and police brutality and in addition to some other fun summary stuff. But just an absolute masterpiece of film. I rewatched it about a year ago and it absolutely held up. It was even better than I remembered. Just so well made. Beautiful, bright summer colors and you just feel the heat. In every shot. Yeah, um, they uh, like painted everything red in the background to like exaggerate the heat. It's almost like German expressionistic. So I have that do the right thing at number four. What do you have at number three, Brian? Number three for me is Jaws from I think 1975. Spielberg's first blockbuster really put him on the map. And it's about shark attacks. And do we or do we not keep the beach open because summer tourism is so important to our town? So I, I felt like I had to include this one. Very influential in film history. It kind of turned the market toward an emphasis on summer blockbusters. Star Wars wasn't far away. And it's got that great, scary Jaws theme where the shark is following them. Yeah. A really influential score by John Williams, um, I actually haven't seen Jaws. That's another big gap in my my movie watching. Um, maybe even like more embarrassing than Stand By Me, at least in terms of like its influence and import on movie history. Oh yeah, you should see Jaws, and especially yeah. uh, Jaws for the Revenge. Is that the one with Michael Caine? I don't remember. He might be in the. I, I'm not sure. I gotta look it up. There's some movie where somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Oh, I didn't see the movie." But I did see the kitchen that it helped me pay for or the house that it helped me pay for or something like that. I think that's right. I think you're correct. At number three, I have a movie that we talked about on the goods. That is American Graffiti. I still have only seen it the one time. This to me is like almost the platonic ideal of what I want a summer movie to be. Just like hanging out, fairly low stakes on the surface, but also like really high stakes in the sense that it's about people figuring out what they're going to do with their life and figuring out what comes next and really just emphasize because it's the last day of summer, but it's still squarely in summer and feels like summer to me, just hanging out on the grass and listening to music. Maybe the best use of sound in any movie I've ever watched, just like the music always floating out there. The radio host is kind of a character in and of himself and just cruising and Lots of great nostalgia, but also, you know, like early rock and roll and stuff kind of. But at this time when the culture is starting to change to something kind of more resembles the 60s that we know, just a borderline masterpiece that is terrifically charming and, and very summery to me. 
and is the kind of movie I love. That's my number three. Brian, what do you have at number two? So my number two, I have Do the Right Thing. It's the first one that came to mind when I was trying to think of what's the movie that happens in the summer? And you're exactly right that this is the one where you feel the sweat. It's like the key movie about it being hot. Um, Because the the whole thing, it takes place over like a day or two. And everybody's sitting out on the, the porches and out in the alleys on the hottest day of the summer. And over the course of that short time span, everybody's blood boils. It's like things that were just issues under the surface before but people like looked past them and and got by now everybody's up in everybody's face and it's going to explode into violence before the sun sets right it goes from being a slice of life movie with some racial undertones to a movie about race it's like all right enough already let's have a race war yeah (laughs) more or less Uh, great movie Mm -hmm. but you're right it couldn't be couldn't be number one uh, a little dark. Not not summary in that sense. What about you, Dan, for number two? So number two is a movie I'm not sure you've seen, but I have referenced many, many times. In fact, I actually recently just rewatched because I'm getting close to having rewatched all of my 2009 top 100 movies. And I had this, I think, at number 11 or something like that. Maybe even higher than that. Maybe it was in the top 10. And that is Forgetting Sarah Marshall which is a movie about Jason Siegel breaking up with Kristen Stewart and going to a resort in Hawaii where oh, I won't spoil it all because I think it's worth watching going in fairly blind. But uh, a lot of it takes place on a tropical island that, man, I just want to hop in and be there. Like it's going to the beach and jumping off cliffs to the clear blue water and there's turtles and uh, palm trees and it's just such a funny movie it's a great romantic comedy i really think the character relationship stuff works pretty well other people are a little not quite so high on it it's definitely like a male gaze i mean jason siegel is getting beautiful women left and right in this movie and he's kind of schlubby here he's got a dad bod you know and i get that but I just find it so, so funny. Paul Rudd has one of my favorite cameos ever. He plays a surfing instructor who's like stoned out of his brain and has just some of the funniest one-liners you'll ever see or you'll ever hear rather. And just one of my favorite movies. Uh, And to me, very summary because it's got like a lightness to it. uh, Just makes me happy. And large portions of it take place in this tropical setting. So that's what I have at number two for me for is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Very nice. So before we say our very best selections, Uh I was wondering, did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to toss out just outside of your five? Yep. I'll give you three honorable mentions. One that I had a really hard time deciding whether or not it qualified is a goofy movie. It's a last day of school movie. And also it's a road trip movie. But when I think back on it, I don't, Think of it distinctly as a summer movie. It doesn't have that vibe for me overall. And it's right on the edge. And it would be up there. It would be like two or three probably if I had included it. But that's my first honorable mention. Second honorable mention, might not have made the list anyways, but uh, Can't Hardly Wait is a really fun, silly movie about the last day of school. I decided that one was distinctly a last day of school movie and not a summer movie. 
I think that's 1996. And it's just kind of got an over the top 1996 soundtrack or whatever year it came out, maybe 99 or something. I can't remember, but very fun movie. And then my third one, I disqualified because it, we can point to the date that this one took place on and it is not summer. And that is Titanic. But it to me is like the epitome of a summer blockbuster. And I kind of wanted something that is what it feels like when you watch a movie in the summer. And it does have lots of ocean and sweat and adventure that feels summery to me, but it's it's not a summer movie. If I went to 10, I might have talked myself into it and trying to make the case, but it, we know it happens in April. So I, I disqualified it as a, a summer movie. Um, Not to get too far off the track. Titanic actually was originally slated for a summer release, but it ended up coming out around Christmas time and was kind of responsible for opening up that time of the year as like a second blockbuster season. So uh, Avatar obviously was that time of the year and, and even like the Lord of the Rings movies, Narnia, all, all Christmas time. Right. So even in that sense, further from the, the path of uh, being a summer movie. It just right. feels kind of summer blockbuster to me, though. Yeah, I and I mean, I think that was probably the intent going in. Um, so I have a couple honorable mentions to shout out that I'll just rattle off. In doing our research, we realized that Return of the Living Dead is actually set the day before 4th of July. Everybody's about to go off for a long weekend, and so maybe not super diligent in their work and end up releasing zombies. But uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel especially summery. Uh, I mean, c- kind of. But not one of my picks, even though obviously a film that I love. I would shout out Secondhand Lions, which is like a nostalgic story with uh, Haley Joel Osment growing up on a farm, staying with his uncle, Michael Caine. That's just an interesting one. I, I saw that on your 100 film favorites, but I've never actually watched it. Yeah, it probably would not make an updated 100 film favorites, but I did check the list to see what was the summer movie. Oh, yeah, I think that one was Holes. Mm. I'll shout out that one um, because it definitely feels hot. It's about doing forced labor in the desert. Yeah. But it spans a greater period of time than just one season. He, supposedly, he's uh, sentenced to 18 months. I don't know that he's there the entire time because the events of the story uh, ultimately involve shutting down the camp. So he may not be there that whole time, but longer than just a season. I wouldn't have thought of holes, but I think you could have made a good case for it. It Definitely, you feel the sweat, as I said. Mm-hmm. And uh, then one other one I'll shout out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original from like 1973 or something. Um, That's one that definitely you feel the sweat. They're driving around like hitchhiking around these. Well, I guess they have the van. They're picking up hitchhikers and that leads to bad things. Uh, But they're uh, driving around the backwoods in Texas and it just seems sweltering. I really need to see that one. That's also on my list. I think if we do another slasher check in this fall. I think it's like a forefather to the slashers. And some people argue, is it like a true slasher in the sense of like nightmare on Elm street or whatever mm-hmm. and Halloween. But I think it was on the list that Brennan made for us. Yeah. It's surprisingly not very gory. They call it a massacre, but I think only one person actually gets got with a chainsaw and you don't see much of that kill. Um, what's really unsettling and disturbing about this one to me is uh, Leatherface does a lot of arts and crafts. 
<laughs> he he makes stuff out of bones like Svankmir animation. Oh man. There's like a, a bench made out of all kinds of bones and just skin lampshades and just all this weird stuff made out of stuff. And that puts you off, Brian? Oh, a little bit. It puts <laughs> me on edge at least. Okay, but now back <laughs> back on the focus. Summer films. Number one, I have Sandlot. Yeah, it's a good pick for number one. Yeah, this is my uh, favorite summer movie. Uh, super nostalgic. It's, it's a lot like The Wonder Years. It has some of that narration. It's like written and directed and narrated by this guy, David Mickey Evans. And it really seems to be a passion project of his. Like maybe some of these stories come from his past. And uh, I've liked it since I was a kid. I put it at number five. I, I could easily make a case for having it be a couple higher. Both number two and number one, I feel more passionately about personally. So if I'm making my own personal list, I couldn't put it there. But mm-hmm. I absolutely support having it be that high because it really is just summer personified into film. Summer mm-hmm. captured onto the silver screen. What's your number one, Dan? This was really hard for me to rationalize, including I almost just threw all last day of school movies out the window. But wouldn't it be funny if I just had a running gag where every number one was that thing you do? Just like whatever <laughs> the topic was. I was surprised Goofy Movie didn't get a slot. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, because is that thing you do in the summer? Oh, I mean, I, who cares? I could have still put it in. It feels summery. <laughs> and I do think it, it, it does have a little bit of a kind of carefree summer feel to it. But that is not my number one. So I've had that thing you do as number one on my... Tom Hanks movies. Spoiler for that episode. I had Toy Story 3 at number one on my Pixar's list. Spoiler for that episode. Apologies if you're hoping to remain unspoiled on our previous top fives, but I'm, I'm just going with it. Each time I mentioned, hey, these are one of my three all-time favorite movies if I were to make a, a ranking of my movies. I don't know how these three movies place within themselves, but I know they are my three favorite movies. And so here we are going to get the third of those of my three favorite movies. And that is Dazed and Confused, the Richard Linklater film. It does happen on the last day of school, but it is also very, very much a summer movie. The The last day of school is just the first couple scenes. And then it's about planning this big party at a moon tower and the way that all these characters kind of cross paths. The epitome of a quote unquote, nothing happens movie, just a hangout movie. So, you know, I'm not surprised it's not on Brian's list. <laughs> I was wondering if it might be uh, Everybody Wants Some. I think that was like the, the summer too, but the uh, the end of summer. Yeah, so that one, I actually thought about also including that, but that one to me is very much start of the school year. So mm. it's the, it's, to me, it crossed out of summer and into right, school, right. start of school. Um, I did think about it though. But yeah, Dazed and Confused, I mean, just an utter masterpiece in every way I want to slice it. Uh, Funny, great cast, phenomenal cast. Got Matthew McConaughey coming in as a creepy older dude hitting on the high schoolers, but also just like the nicest, chillest enabler of partying. Not not an aggressive bone in his body. All right, all right, all right, and around the whole movie. Um, Iconic. Got Ben Affleck in there as a bully. A lot of Steen Sealers. You got Rory Cochran as a stoner. 
the best stoner in movie history, in my opinion. Parker Posey's there. She makes everything better. And then you're just spending this whole movie with this great 70s style. It's not too nice. It's got some meanness and bitterness in it that I think gives it some edge and some real depth and dimension to the way these characters kind of relate to each other. So, and just so fun. I just turn it on. It's the perfect movie to crack open a beer and drink. Torta Good, one of my favorite movies, Days and Confused. My number one summer movie. It had to be there, even if I didn't want to include other last day of school movies. This is my number one summer movie. So there you have it. All right. Good list. I was trying to remember what Parker Posey was in that we watched for the show, and it was Scream 3. Mm. Parker Posey. Yeah. And she was good in that, too. But there we have it. This has been a fun episode. We, we talked Teen Beach. One and two. And then we talked top five summer movies. I think we got good set of lists. Watch these movies. Did we have two overlaps, Brian? Yes. Sandlot and Do the Right Thing. I think, Brian, our next episode is going to be my birthday episode. So it'll be a special one. And I don't have my selection yet. I'm still brainstorming, but... I think we're either going to watch the movie together or record together or both. So we'll see when you, you listeners actually hear it, how we actually how we actually arrange the logistics for that. But we like birthdays here, so this should be fun. Looking forward to it. Happy almost birthday. Thanks, Brian. All right. Uh, thanks, listeners. And thanks, everybody. And have, have a good evening. Bye. Bye.